0: Well, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. And guys, I want to thank you so much. Last month, you helped the Make Life Matter podcast reach over 20,000 downloads. And I, I'm honestly, I'm so humbled. I am so grateful. And I am super grateful to have the guest that we have today. I feel like she is such a now voice. And you're going to see why in just a moment. I want to talk about her and introduce her and read this description of her brand new book that we're going to talk about today. And you're going to see why you do not want to miss the rest of this episode. Donna Sparks is an Assemblies of God evangelist and the author of the popular books, Beauty from Ashes, My Story of Grace. We'll talk about her testimony just a little bit today that's in that book. And No Limits, Embracing the Miraculous, and her brand new release, The Masquerade, deception in the last days. Donna is a sought-after speaker for women's conferences and retreats. She travels extensively to minister in churches and other venues. She also leads a vibrant and fruitful women's jail and prison ministry through which she has seen God perform countless miracles in the lives of the ladies to whom she ministers. You can connect with her at DonnaSparks.com, and I'll put all of that in the show notes. I believe Donna has keen spiritual insight, and we're not going to just talk about the way she's discovered miracles and encountered God in some messy seasons of her life that we all go through, but we're going to dive deeper today into her brand new book that just released, The Masquerade, Deception in the Last Days. Let me read you this powerful description so you can see what you're in for today. Deception abounds in the world today as Satan continues his masquerade as an angel of light. But while he may be the king of deception, he is not alone in marketing falsehood and deceiving multitudes with lies and twisted beliefs. Jesus warned his disciples to not allow themselves to be deceived. And Paul warned Timothy to stay away from people who welcome, live in, and teach deception. Deceptive teachings lead only to trouble and sorrow, but the truth, capital T, will reveal and deliver us from them. So you can join author and evangelist Donna Sparks as she takes up the important task of exposing deception and removing the mask from lies, masquerading as truth. You know, her foreword was written by Daniel Kalenda, just a powerful evangelist across the continent of Africa. I had the honor and privilege of ministering uh, with him and Reinhard Bonnke. I sang in one of their morning crusades in Liberia, and he is a successor to the world-renowned evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, one of my heroes in the faith who's gone on to heaven, and he's sitting around with Paul and Timothy and those people we just talked about today. Daniel is the president and CEO of Christ for All Nations, a ministry which has conducted some of the largest evangelistic events in history. He also hosts an internationally syndicated television program, and he has his pulse on what God is saying in our times, and he lent his strong endorsement and his foreword to Donna's book. She is a now voice. So Donna, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm so honored to have you here.
1: Thank you, Angela. It's an honor to be here and congratulations on your podcast. It's doing so well.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I, I was telling someone this morning that helped me start it. I did not know what I was doing when I first started. I was so nervous. It took <laughs> take me so long to like write up my notes. and But you know, it's just like anything when the Holy Spirit tells us to do it. We start sometimes with trembling hands, but he will guide us. And I know that he has really led you to write this brand new book that you just released. I cannot wait to dive in and talk about it. I know you really well. We have the same publisher, Bridge Logos. We also, sadly, were supposed to minister in Fiji together this summer, and that was canceled due to COVID. I had to take it off my calendar. I was so sad to delete it from my phone. But for people who don't know you, tell us about you. I know you're a mom, a wife. You live in Tennessee. Um, Gorgeous, long locks of hair. I wish you guys could see her. I'm trying not to covet this hair she has, but she is a force to be reckoned with. So tell us all about you, Donna, for people who maybe are new to you and your ministry.
1: Well, um, I was born and raised in an Assembly of God church. I grew up in the Assemblies of God. Um, Had a lot of tragedy early on in my life uh, after going through a couple of divorces. And you know how the enemy likes to really make us mad at God. And that's exactly what he did. And he used all of those things that I had gone through to try to convince me it was God's fault. So I went through a period where I strayed from God, but God brought me back on track. And now I am an evangelist and I travel all over the nation to speak. And I also have a prison ministry that is just doing awesome things or was until COVID hit. So we're hoping to get back in soon, but, Um, Right now that's on hold, but God has just done amazing things and just continues to, as your new book says, astound me. So (laughs) it's just been um, just amazing journey.
0: So let's pause for a second and and talk about that kind of first season. I know you wrote about that in Beauty from Ashes. I actually have it right here behind me on my bookshelf. So you talked about, you were raised just like me. I was in a summons of God. My dad was we are in some summons of God uh, pastors. I'm ordained with the AG like you are. And and we were raised, we you know, we kind of know all the things to do and not to do. And yet your life didn't really turn out the way you thought it was going to in those early years. And I found it interesting. You just said, I got mad at God. Uh, what, what was the catalyst for you to shift directions when things weren't going the way your life, what, the way you expected them to go and hope they would go? what turned you back to following God wholeheartedly the way like you are today?
1: Well, it's a long story. And, you know, when I remarried the third time, my husband was not a Christian. Um, But I thought, well, I married Christians the first two times that didn't work out well. So with my third marriage, I guess I went into it without any expectations whatsoever. Mm. And it was just miraculous how, Um, I had been told by my doctors that I would not be able to have children. And miraculously after that, about two months, actually, I found out that I was pregnant. Hmm. So when that happened, that's when the Holy Spirit really got a hold of me. And you know how he knows the right moment. He always knows when to reach out and and grab us. And in my lost and and fallen state, when I was so far away from him and felt so far away from him, he was still proving himself to me. Hmm. And that night I remember after finding out that I was pregnant. Um I went to bed and that's when the Holy Spirit began to come in and speak. And he said, now you were raised in a church and you know the truth, you know where you can go for hope. And that's at the foot of the cross. Mm. And as he just began to bring all of that back to my remembrance, I began to think, you know what? I'm going to be responsible for a life other than my own now. And that child, I want them no matter what they go through to know that there is always hope. There is a place they can turn no matter how far away from God they feel Mm. that they can return to the foot of the cross. Mm. And so that next morning I got up, I asked Brian, I said, I'm thinking about going to church this weekend. Would you want to go with me? And he said, sure. And I thought, well, that was easy. (laughs) So we went to church um, that weekend. I wanted to go somewhere where no one knew me, no one knew anything about me. And we went in and the Holy Spirit, just like he always does he was speaking through that pastor and the pastor didn't know me. He didn't know anything about me. And I was sitting there just thinking, Lord, just please let the pastor end this message so I can get to the altar because wow. tears were already just flowing down my right. face. And so as soon as he gave that altar call, I ran to that altar and I looked and Brian, my husband, was kneeling right beside me. And so God forgave me. I asked him, I just repented. And I said, I am so sorry for all of these things that I have done. And that peace that only he gives yeah. came flooding back in. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that my husband received Christ. And so after that, you know, our lives just completely took a turn that I could have never imagined, Um, but God moved us away. He moved us to Iowa, and that's actually where he started calling me into ministry, and I thought, there is no way. There is absolutely no way, but I'm glad that God sees the bigger picture.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was going to actually ask you how you discovered miracles in the middle of the mess, but you basically just laid out several. You had children you weren't expecting to have. He restored all that had been stolen from you, you and your husband getting saved at the same, I mean, not you were already saved, but really rededicating your life to the Lord, repenting, um, and just wanting a fresh start. I mean, I just, I just, I've heard your story a couple of times. I never get tired of hearing it because it's just such a wow God story. And I know from hearing another interview that I listened to of yours that I think an evangelist or someone spoke over you that you were going to be a women's speaker and an evangelist and you were like, absolutely not. And if I remember correctly, he like followed you outside. and was like, no, it's you. I'm telling you this word is for you. Am I remembering that right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, The evangelist who he came to visit our church. And at the end there were several of us at the altar praying and he came to me and he said, Ma'am, God's called you to be an evangelist. And I was just thinking, no, there is no way. This man has lost his mind. And he said, Ma'am, God is calling you to be an evangelist. You're going to be the next Amy Semple McPherson. Well, I didn't know who she was at that point. And I was just thinking, well, I hope she hasn't done anything really bad, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, who is she? And so later, when I found out who she was, I was like, there is no way. Absolutely. But that night, he he followed me out into the parking lot and he did, he, he reiterated what he had already told me in the service. And I said, you just don't understand, you don't know my past, because I was still so hung up in what I had done. You know, mm-hmm. God had forgiven me, but I hadn't forgiven me. I see. And so many times we get hung up in our own unforgiveness of ourselves that we're held back and we can't see what God really wants to do with us. So... I told him, I said, you don't know my past. And he said, and you don't know my past. He said, but I know what God showed me and you can't put God in a box. And so it was still two to three years before I actually accepted that prophetic word and believed it. So, yeah.
0: But what a word for anyone who's listening, who feels like when I, when I wrote fearless, my second Bible study, the second woman in that study is Rahab and you know i i talk about how we we end up just kind of barricading ourselves she was literally behind the walls of jericho but we barricade ourselves behind walls of shame or doubt like you said our past and yet she longed for a better life and she believed that there could be more and And I love the fact that we are not defined by our past. We don't have to be paralyzed by our past. We don't have to be defined by it. Yes, it's a part of our story, but God can redeem it. Just like he did with Rahab, used her mightily, and he's using you in mighty ways. So I just want to encourage anyone who might feel like, yeah, well, that's great for Donna or for Angela, but you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. Or somehow they think something disqualifies them from being used by God. And what you're saying so beautifully is, listen, God qualifies us. Like that man saying, I don't know your past, but I know what God showed me. And God is, you're, you're walking in the fulfillment basically of that promise really beginning to come to pass in your life. And, and I kind of want to segue there and how that's starting to unfold in this latest book. So you say yes to God. And I, there's so much more guys in her testimony. I read all of Beauty for Ashes. And I encourage you, if you are wrestling with any, anything that you feel like might be holding you back from being fully used by God, you need to get that book. And then She kind of takes you to the next level and no limits that now that you're, you're not limited by what maybe your, your own limitations, even if God is not limiting you, the miraculous that can happen. I know you talk about the jail ministry, some other things you've seen happening in, in ministry because of your yes. And now moving on to, okay, it reminds me, Don, as I'm talking of Elijah, you know, he starts and he gets this great call from God on his life But then, you know, he prophesies there's no rain and he's literally, if you look it up in uh, second Kings, first and second Kings, you'll see his story in there for our listeners. And, you know, he's, he's just sitting by a brook, basically no ministry. Nobody knows him being fed by ravens. Then the brook dries up basically because he prayed for no rain. So this, this site of provision became, you know, a place of barrenness and God moved him on. Then he finds a widow who has nothing, but he ends up staying with her, miraculously heals her her son, and then he's catapulted to this national platform of a show-off and a showdown between him and, and Queen Jezebel, King Ahab's wife. And I remember when I studied that, thinking about God has to test us in those kind of anonymous seasons or private places. Maybe it's just us and God as it was first, and then him and a ministry to one or two, and then a national spotlight and even after that he struggled and went through some difficulties feeling like god i've done all this for you and i don't see the result but yet the faithfulness that he demonstrated and to speak to the fact that maybe you're out there thinking well i really want god to use me and it just seems like it's taking so long or it's it hasn't gotten where i wanted yet be faithful wherever you are in that season and that's kind of the progression i'm seeing as i watch what God is doing in your life. I don't know if that resonates with you at all, Donna, but walk us through like from where, from those moments that we're talking about those seasons after no limits was released. When did you start to sense that you needed to write this book and what led you to write it? The masquerade deception in the last days.
1: Actually after us, after I finished no limits, um, I remember we were away on vacation And we were coming back and I was just thinking, you know, just thinking to myself, will I write another book? You know how we always, I don't know about you, but as for me, I'm like, do I have another book in me? You know, (laughs) do Do I really have another book in me? And, um, as I began to pray about it, I just began to pray and say, God, you know, I don't want to be just writing to be writing, but if you have a word for me that, you know, you really want me to get out there Mm. Then please just reveal it to me. And I promise you, in the next five minutes or so, I wrote out every chapter of the next book. It was like he was giving me the book and a theme for each chapter. Wow. I was, as we were just driving along and I couldn't believe that they were coming to me so fast. Now the chapter titles may have changed, you know, a little bit over the course of writing the book, but the themes stayed the same and the chapters Mm -hmm. and the content stayed the same. So it was just one of those things where I really felt like, you know, he wanted me to write it, At the same time I had to battle against fear because you know how, when God calls you to do something that's really going to kind of put you out there and, and like this book does, I mean, it really puts me out there. There were some things that I had to be really brave about saying in this book, but I had promised God from the moment that he called me into ministry. I said, I promise that I will be obedient to you. I will do whatever you ask me to do. It will not be about me. It will not be about my comfort level. It will be about what you want me to do. And so when he gave me the chapters to that book and I <laughs> sat back and looked at it, I was like, okay, did I really mean that? <laughs> but um, he he led me in a way that I feel like... Um, he led me to present it in a loving way, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't just jump up and speak truth and and say it boldly and with no concern for people's feelings. You know, the Bible tells us we have to speak truth and love. And so I feel like that's how it has come across, but there was just an urgency about this book. And I, I knew that I was on the right track because of the spiritual warfare That I began to come against as I was writing it so it's yeah I really believe it's for today I believe that it came out at the perfect timing and you know I just think God's got his hand on it so I can't wait to see what he does
0: oh I couldn't agree more Donna and I love that you shared that because I think as authors sometimes people see us writing and they think you know it's just we get a message and we write it and it's easy but there's always a backstory to the story that they read And that's the process we're walking through. And I love that you were vulnerable enough to share. Listen, I had to be brave to take this on. I'm curious when you felt like God kind of downloaded these chapters to you, had you been already studying deception or was it just that the, the word that was already in you from your knowledge of the word, your assessment of our culture and where we are at this time, or do you feel like it was just simply the Holy spirit gave you that whole concept?
1: I guess I was already concerned about deception in the world and some of the, you know, accepted topics today. Yeah. But until he really downloaded that into me and said, this is what I want you to write about, then that's when it just began to come to me and just began to flow together. Mm. So it was, it wasn't really something that I had studied, you know, I hadn't gone into the word and just, specifically studied deception but um it was something that you know he teaches us through writing i love that because a lot of it came to me as i was writing it and a lot of it was you know i went back into the word and discovered more about deception through the word as i was writing it so um i just think it was something that he used you know if it doesn't benefit anyone else (laughs) On the planet, it was a benefit to me just in writing
0: it. Oh, absolutely! And I'm curious, and we could probably spend an hour talking about this. But did you go more the angle of of deception? Did you study more about deception? Did you study more of Revelation in the end times, or was it a combination of how it's all unfolding? I've been reading Revelation myself, and I really never picked up, like you just said. We we don't, we discover as we're studying ourselves that everything God is doing in revelation, the enemy is counterfeiting. So we have a Trinity, the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, the devil has a counterfeit Trinity, which is the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. So, you know, we have a sealed mark of God on our forehead. He has the mark of the beast. So, you know, that's deception. Deception is a counterfeit of the, of the real thing, which is the truth. So I'm curious to know, without you giving away all of the book, what is the main angle of it? Is it a study of end times? Is is, is it a more of a study of deception and how we fall into deception?
1: It's a little bit of all of that. Okay. It's a a, a study of deception and how not to be deceived, how to, Mm -hmm. you know, avoid deception. It's also a hope and encouragement to other people to realize that they're not the only ones that are willing to stand up and speak truth.
0: That's good. So
1: I hope that it's an encouragement to others to, to speak truth even when it's uncomfortable. And then it does talk a little bit about the end times and how close we are and how it is so, so um, just important that we're not deceived in these last days because his coming is so near. Mm. And so I think it just kind of, um encompasses all of those things to some degree
0: i just cannot wait i cannot wait to read it i cannot wait and i i feel like you just kind of answered a question i would say this is for everyone then this is for the christian who wants to make sure they don't fall in deception or who wants to have a greater understanding of how the enemy listen if you've not studied revelation or the prophets or the end times or know just really dug into what might happen in these last days deception is a major character in the plot so a major character so if we are aware that that is going to happen aware that there's constantly a counterfeit shadowing the the real then we have to be able to discern between and so i would say it's for christians as well as for those who are not a Christian, did you write it more for the Christian or for the non-Christian or could either benefit from it?
1: Either can benefit. Um, You know, there's a common theme, I guess, probably because I'm an evangelist that runs through all of my books. And so every book is always geared toward the Mm. non-believer. Because first and foremost, I just pray that if a non-believer picks up the book that by the time they get to the end of it, they're ready to pray that prayer that I include at the end of every book, because that is my first goal is, is to help the lost find Jesus. So it is for the lost. It is for Christians. I've also also mentioned that um, if you have family members that, You know, you may read some of the topics in this book and you think, oh, you know, that's always been a really uncomfortable topic. And how do I discuss that with my family member or my friend who is involved in this kind of lifestyle and deception? It's also a good way to just put that into their hands and say, you know, read this without having to have the conversation yourself with them Mm -hmm. because you know a lot of people will not hear it from you Mm -hmm. especially family and so when you're trying to minister truth to someone in your family a lot of times they're just gonna back their ears at that and you know change the conversation altogether but this is a way that you can put it into their hands and hopefully they'll read it and see that you're not just talking a bunch of stuff because it's scripturally backed in every chapter. So I just hope that, you know, people will find multiple uses for it.
0: Mm, I can't wait, Donna. And we're almost out of time. I'm going to ask you to pray for our listeners in just a moment, but I have to ask you one question before we close. You probably already know what it is, but I mean, your title says Deception in the Last Days. So I want to know from your study, from your time with the Holy Spirit, do you believe we are in the last days? And if so, what do we need to do?
1: I believe with all my heart that we are in the last days. And the reason for that is um, in the prophetic timeline, you know, we look at the Bible and everything that, that is supposed to have happened prophetically has happened. That's right. So there is nothing that, you know, it needs to happen before Jesus returns. Mm. And I think more than ever, that's, another reason I wrote this book is we have got to challenge deception wherever it is, whether we're seeing it in our church, whether we're seeing it in, you know, the lives of friends or wherever, because we want to make sure people are ready for his return. Mm. Um, You know, one of the things that I've studied recently and it kind of upset me to a degree when I really started thinking about it. And we talk about the, the 10 virgins and Mm how when the the groom came back, only five of them were ready. Mm -hmm. Now we know that these virgins were going with the groom. So they were Christians. They thought they were Christians. They were part of the bridal party already. Wow. So I feel like that was referring to the church. And if Jesus is saying that only half the church is going to be ready when he returns, because only five out of 10, I believe that, You know, God is specific in showing us things like that in scripture. Hmm. You know, there's a lot that we need to do to make sure that we are speaking the truth to those who may be sitting in our pews and thinking that they're okay. You know, I believe it's time that we have got to get back to basics and make sure that everyone checks themselves to make sure that they are absolutely ready, a hundred percent ready to go when Jesus comes because his coming is soon.
0: Wow. Thank you, Donna. I like the fact that you said I might even make this my key quote from this podcast episode is we need to challenge deception anywhere we see it. And I think we, that's hard to do. We don't know how to do that sometimes well or in love, like you said, but we are called as Christians. If you're listening and you're a Christian We are called to challenge deception because it is what will keep people out of heaven. And, you know, I just wore a shirt today that said eternal life matters. That's our series right now. And we were created for eternity. We're going to create, we're going to spend eternity somewhere. It's just a matter of where, and we are eternal beings stuck in temporary transit. And we don't want to learn, we don't want to lose eternity with Jesus because of choices we made or deceptions that we fell into, or if you're listening and you're not a believer, this can be the first step. And and Donna, I'm going to invite you to pray for us in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you even in that prayer, probably don't even need to ask you because you're an evangelist, but would you just also invite anyone who has never accepted Christ? Maybe you're listening and you've never accepted Christ as your savior. You don't have to wait another second. So Donna, before you pray, where can they find you and how can they find all of your resources, but especially this latest book?
1: Well, you can find me at Um, Also on most social media outlets, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of those. Um, and you can find my book either on my website or you can go to Bridge Logos or you can order it from any online bookseller. So that's the story.
0: <laughs> well, go out and get it, guys. donasparks.com You'll see her first two book. Her testimony book is Beauty, uh, Beauty to Ashes then no limits and now masquerade the masquerade deception in the last days so the main thing let's challenge deception wherever we find it let's be ready and let's not let anything in our past present or future keep us from becoming all god wants us to be and serving him and being ready so thank you donna for being my guest today i'm and even when you said you had to fight spiritual warfare and that you want people to know they're not the only one That reminded me also of Elijah. So it just shows me that was kind of a a prophetic word for you that we can sometimes feel like we're the only one. That's exactly what Elijah felt after this big showdown is I've done all this. Am I the only person out here speaking truth? And you're not. You are not. So thank you, Donna, for leading us in kind of carrying the banner of truth right now, capital T. I'm so honored to have had you today. And I'm just gonna invite you to pray for our listeners as we close
1: thank you so much, Angela. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that we can have a moment to discuss you and discuss the importance of being ready in these last days. God, I know that You have sent your son to save us and rescue us and give us an escape for what is to come. So God, if there are listeners here today that may not have made that decision to follow you, Lord, I ask that you would quicken their hearts right now because there is nothing better than having a relationship with you, knowing you and following you because you have the greatest things in store for us. So God, I ask right now that you would just touch the listeners, God, that you would help them to notice deception that they would be aware of it and God give them the boldness to confront it wherever it may be found because this is a life-saving message this is a life-saving thing that we're attempting to do we're not doing this just to make people mad or irritate people or or be the one that is right but we want to speak truth into the lives of those who are lost and who are headed to a destiny in hell And God, you have given us the gift of your Holy Spirit to help us to speak truth and love. So God, I ask that you would help your people to do that in your precious holy name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected. So be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio BOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.